Susan Finch here with Rooted in Revenue on the Funnel Radio Network with my guest Amy Franco and her new book that just came out today. It's so exciting. The Modern Seller. It is nightstand worthy. It is highlighter worthy and you need it because what she covers are for what, five of our biggest disciplines. It is, Amy, let's see if I paid attention, being agile, entrepreneurial, holistic, an ambassador, and what am I missing? Social. That was the fifth one. Social. There we go. So missing that. Amy, welcome. Thank you so much for having me here. I'm excited to be here. We're laughing a little bit, folks, because we had an amazing show just a few minutes ago, and I didn't push the record button. So here we are, and we're going to catch you up on what we've been visiting about. Hey, life happens. <laughs> <laughs> All good. Oh my goodness. What are, Amy, let's just dive right in. Yeah. What characteristics make a great salesperson? Well, we just covered them. The, your five points make a great salesperson, correct? Absolutely. And if, um, to, to think about uh, the, the book title is The Modern Seller. And um, maybe where I could start is just with a, with a working definition of what I see as a modern seller. Um, so, so a modern seller is someone who is a recognized differentiator in their prospects or clients' business. Their client, it's, they're not just a differentiator, they are recognized as such. Um, and they are also someone where the value of your product or service isn't fully recognized without you as part of the equation. You really just can't be separated from your product or service. And then lastly, that you are recognized as someone who's making your client's business better. You are their competitive advantage. And uh, that is what our prospects and clients need from us these days. We have to make that transition from um, more of a transactional nature of selling into selling where we are making a difference in their business. We're a business person for our prospects and clients. We are, and we become more immersed in their success, I think, at that point. We have that ownership to a degree that we feel responsible for their success because we are the ones they are trusting. And that, that, that really ties well into the ambassador piece of modern selling. Someone who's an ambassador really does take a different level of ownership, not only for themselves, but for the results that they and their clients create together. Uh, so I would completely agree with you that there, there's an ownership element to it that is, is really amplified in modern selling. Or is it so different than how it was what, 5, 10, 20, 20? We don't even need to go back to 20 years because that's <laughs> Tin Men, you know, style techniques. If you guys haven't seen that movie, you're babies and you haven't seen it yet, but you need to watch on how not to close deals, how not to treat your customer, how not to, how not. Danny DeVito, let's just say that and selling. No. So, but in five years, what has been the biggest change that you have seen that has changed? change the approach that we need to have with our prospects? Yeah, so, so I will, I'll, t I'll touch on one. And this is something that's been happening for probably longer than five years, but I would say it's just become more amplified in the last five years. And what it is, is that it's accelerated ROI. So, so a really quick example of this is I was in a meeting with um, a regional, one of my prospects, a regional bank president and her chief sales officer. And we were putting the, uh, what I thought were the finer points on a, um, on a solution to roll out some sales training within their organization. 
And uh, in my bank president, she looked at me and she said, you know, Amy, she's like, I've got to be able to go to my CEO and I've got to be able to bullet point out three bullet points. How is this work together going to really move the needle on our business in a meaningful way in the next 90 days? Um, so, <laughs> no way. <laughs> right. Yeah. So that was probably about the same look that I had on my face when she said that. And, and it taught me a couple of really valuable things. The first is I should have been expecting that question. So more of our prospects and clients they are thinking in this way because there's so much pressure on them to be delivering results more quickly and especially in publicly traded uh, publicly traded organizations. So I should have been ready for that question and all my conversations should have been geared toward really understanding what their specific ROI metrics were. And then the second piece was just understanding that while as modern sellers, we're looking for building the long-term lifetime value, which can take a year or two years or longer. And it's important to pay attention to that. We also have to understand that we are not working in annual businesses anymore. We're working in quarterly businesses and we have to be really, we have to pay attention to both and be able to talk to both the short-term and the long-term. So, and sometimes we have to jar them. They can have this pie in the sky, want to see it that fast. The CEO can say that just because they feel like saying it. Sure. And, and that person under them will jump and say, yes, I can make that happen. I can do that. I can make that happen. And everything I do has to make that happen because they're afraid to go back and say, okay, I understand that's what you want, but let's talk the realistic approach to what we want to do to be sustainable, to be, you know, to be something that lasts. And it might be up to us to step in as that go-between because that's scary for a lot of people that have to report to that level. Yeah. And I think you're hitting on something really important, which is the idea that as a modern seller, we have to see ourselves and show up as peers to the C-level. Um, yes. peer, peers at every level, because to your exact point, not everyone has the they don't, they don't always have the positional authority or sometimes even the confidence to be able to do what you just described, which is to go to the CEO and say, hey, here are all the reasons, here are the potholes, here are the things that we need to be looking around. That can then become our role in being that advisor to our prospects, to our clients, and having those peer-level conversations at the C-level. That is, and that's a new, I think that's a new role for salespeople because before... The, our contacts, our pro what we perceived as our prospects, were sort of in that gatekeeper role. Yeah, you know, I learned I learned that lesson. Um, I learned a lot of things the hard way. Um, I, I, le <laughs> I learned I learned that lesson the hard way. I, I'm thinking of a time when I was at IBM and uh, I sold the ultimate commodity. I sold uh, PCs, laptops, tablets, uh, hardware, and to your point, I was building a lot of relationships at my own peer level, which were you know, IT directors, VPs of IT, et cetera. But where I wasn't building relationships were at the board level, um, other community influencers. I sold a lot into public sector and I lost a really big deal because of it, a multi-million dollar deal because I thought I had all the decision makers and I had all those relationships. And what I learned was there was this whole group of other higher level influencers that I didn't take the time to become aware of. And they were the ultimate decision makers in that equation. And, and I lost because of it. I think that's what stymies a lot of salespeople from 
climbing in their careers or expanding their careers and their, their income because they do not allow themselves to be seen at that level. They, they're, they stay stuck below and don't think, I don't know, don't think they're worthy, don't think they're qualified, whatever it is, but until they change their own mindset about themselves and their skills, they will never progress. And, and to that point, one of the hallmarks of a modern seller is someone that owns their own development and their own leadership path. They are not afraid to invest in themselves. They're not waiting for someone to tap them on the shoulder to go to that uh, sales training program, that leadership conference, whatever it is, if, if they'll remove every obstacle that they can to make it happen for themselves. I've been going through this with a friend and she invested it you know, five digit amount in herself for the year yeah. to go and get one-on-one -on -one training with something that's very respected in her industry. And the problem was her current boss felt threatened by that and did not want to give her the time off to go do it. Interesting. It was super interesting. So, you know, she put in her notice yesterday. Um, <laughs> go girl. <laughs> and, but that's exactly that's what you have it. to do. If somebody yeah. is not going to be supportive of your growth, you are not in the right position. Because they will never appreciate what you're achieving. That's a really courageous move. Um, to, to, cause she's betting on herself. She is. She's betting, betting on herself. And that's a really courageous move. And, and for someone who's listening to this that might say, well, you know, she can do it, but I'm not in a position where, where I can do it. Um, the other way to look at that is to say, what can I do? Can I take um, unpaid time off? Can I take vacation time? If this is that important to me, what, how can I make it happen? Rather than looking at, well, the, somebody else is standing in my way of being successful, so I'm just going to sit back and let that happen. Right. <laughs> I mean, aren't, aren't we worth more? Uh, for sure. And I, I had to learn that and myself because I was very used to my company making investments into me as well, sending yes. me to conferences, et cetera. And I don't think I had as much of an appreciation for that investment until I was making my own investments. And I saw as an entrepreneur and understanding the financial investment, the time investment, the energy investment, it's, um, it's eye-opening. And I have, a, I have a way different appreciation now for it. It's one of the, those hindsight things like, oh, I should have gone. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> it was on their dime and they believed in me and I got it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I have a lot. I, I, I know quite a few people when their company doesn't invest, it doesn't necessarily dawn on them to say, well, why don't I do it? Right. Why don't I do it? Why don't I write the check? Why don't I put it on my card and why don't I go do it? Because then it's all mine anyway and I, I get to own all the success from it. You have to own it. You have to own it at that point. Yep. That might be scary. Just as scary for people is the fact that they have to own it. Right. I mean, it goes back to the habits that we develop when we're in school. We're studying on our own, achieving on our own, pushing ourselves. We don't change a whole lot from that time. We, we really don't. Those bad habits, it takes a lot to shake them up and change them to be what they need to be now. I find that my friends that are not willing to, what, what do you refer to the status quo? You know, staying, think the sameness. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That the world of sameness, uh, on that point of habits, um, Charles Duhigg wrote a fantastic book called the power of habit. And what I like about it, it's an easy read. And what I like about it is, um, it kind of dissects how habits are formed. 
-hmm. and how if you do have a habit that you feel like you need to change, um, it, it's all in your routines. And how can you insert different routines to change a habit? So if somebody's struggling with creating the right habits, I'd really, I'd highly recommend that book. What's the name of the book again? It's called The Power of Habit. Okay. Yeah, well, Charles Duhigg. While we're at it, who's on your nightstand right now? So besides Charles Duhigg, um, Jill Conrath is always on my nightstand <laughs> with the sales book. Her, her very first book, Selling to Big Companies, is still one of my favorites. I think it's a timeless one. And then um, I'm also reading uh, When from Dan Pink. Um, that, that's his latest book. See, those are good influencers that you have. You know, I try, I try to surround myself with, with the right tribe here. Hang <laughs> with the winners. <laughs> well, I noticed, too, on your site, I mean, I'm going to brag on you a little bit that Jill Conrath said some nice things about you. She said the, about your book. She said the modern seller is filled with actionable insights and practical strategies to set you apart from competitors, make you irresistible to today's buyers, and ultimately drive more revenue. In short, you become the differentiator. And that's from Jill. And she knows. And that's why we're here. We are here at Rooted in Revenue. And this is Susan Finch on the Funnel Radio Network with my guest today, Amy Franco, and her book, The Modern Seller. All right, Amy, let's keep going on this. We have a few more minutes left. I wish we had more time, but know, right? you know, we'll have to do another one because we already Absolutely. talked about another show coming up. So what advice, let's, let's get to what, you know, our people always like to have something to take away with them. Yeah. What advice would you give to someone struggling to stay motivated in their sales role? And this is something that we talked about. We talked about this earlier, didn't we? When we were saying that Sometimes when you go into a sales role, you think you're going to have this one set of leadership and then six months, 12 months down the road, it changes. So you're all settled, you're trained, you're ready to go. And then it changes or the product changes or the product was actually a flop or people are angry or something else has changed your price points. How do you handle that? How do you stay motivated? Yeah, I think, um, I think sales is one of the toughest, like it's equally the toughest, most fun, most rewarding role in an organization. Um, and I, so I think first of all, it's the, it's just recognizing that we all hit high points and low points in our selling careers um, and recognizing that for what it is, that if you're, if you're struggling at this point in time, that, it, you know, it's really likely that it's a, it's a blip in the, it's a blip in the road. Looking back on your past successes, you know, validating where you've been successful in the past and just recognizing that we all have our struggle points it's a, hopefully a blip in the road, but then also taking ownership for what you want to do to change the, change the path, recognizing, is it, um, do I need to maybe work on my mindset? Is there a specific skill that I need to be building? And then taking the steps to work on that, whether it is with a coach or a mentor, it's, you know, it's reading, it's going to a training, whatever that might look like. But the idea is to not sit still in, in a slump, it is to actively work your way out of it because that, that motion of working your way out is what is going to get you out of it. You cannot course correct when you're standing still. No, but you and I visited before about the small wins. Yes. Yep. And that we need to recognize the small wins because sometimes that's just a little bit of juice that keeps you going. Oh, that's so true. And I think about the, the book writing process. It was a 20 month process, 20 month uh, project. 
And as someone who is built for speed, I like sprints. <laughs> a, a, 20, a 20 month project is a long project and it is filled with you know, ups and downs. And celebrating the small wins is what kept me going. I got a great page in today. I finished a chapter, got a section done, you know, whatever that was, but the small wins kept me going. That's my kids will even ask me, you know, tell me what, you know, what went right with your day to day mom? What a cool question for them to ask me. What a great question. They have a good mom. <laughs> well, and keep, <laughs> because otherwise, you know, they walk in the door and it's that complaining as soon as they're dropping off their backpacks or whatever it is, we can get in that mindset of focusing on what's gone wrong or what we didn't do and yeah. just, you know, smacking ourselves around when the little wins begin to add up, the little wins build our advocate network, the little wins build our long-term gain as successful salespeople. Yeah, and um, that reminds me of a story. I, I read it somewhere and it was about um, Sarah Blakely, who was the founder of um, Spanx. And she would say that when she was growing up and they were sitting around the dinner table, her dad would actually ask her, you know, so, so what did you fail at today? What went wrong for you today? And the idea being that it, it is all part of the learning process is making mistakes and stumbling and getting back up. And so just by shining a light on it and learning from it, it kind of takes away that, that, uh, that fear of trying something new, of risking something different. So I kind of like that dual, you know, what went right today and maybe yeah. what, what didn't go so right that you, that you can learn from for the next time. Right. And it's being in that receptive mode to look at it as a way to change and improve rather than a way to stay down. Yeah. And I really had to learn to, and I'm a work in progress on that because I am definitely someone, if, if I make a mistake or something doesn't go right, I'm really, I have a tendency to beat myself up about it being a recovering perfectionist. So, um, so I've had to really work on that piece of it and looking at mistakes and failures as learning points that I could grow from and not as kind of this all consuming thing that you can't, you know, you can't recover from. I think of that comedian, Orny Adams. I don't know if you're familiar with him, but he has this one bit that he's, he's very physical comedy. He's stomping, get in the hole, just get in the hole, stay down, get in the hole. And when we are unkind to ourselves and we choose not to, you know, put that, call it a spin doctor approach, whatever you want to say, but to put that positive spin and like, okay, yeah, and how can I turn that? How can I not repeat that? How can I learn from it? And how can I share that knowledge to help others not have that problem? Exactly, exactly. And um, I think when we start to take that approach, it, um, it really changes the way that, that we show up and it helps us to be, um, helps us to be a leader for other people too. Yep, it does. Well, I'm out of time on this abbreviated show and I'm, <laughs> I will have you back on though. Congratulations on the launch of the Modern Seller. Folks, you can go to amyfranco.com. There is a book link at the top and you can get it. She'll even give you the first chapter free and you can download that, read it to make sure that yes, do you want, the question isn't whether you want it. It's do you want the Kindle and the hardback or just one or the other? I like the way you think, Susan. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's no either, you know, yes or no. It's which one or both. So you choose. Susan, thank you. You're welcome, Amy. Thank you so much. This has been Susan Finch on the Funnel Radio Network with my show, Rooted in Revenue at rootedinrevenue.com. Go subscribe. Never miss an episode and join us back next week.
Thank you so much, Amy. Thank you.